Welcome to another episode of the Talking Blues podcast. I'm Josh and I'm joined by both of my co-hosts today, Alex and Peter. We are excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. I haven't been on an episode in like a month. Um, been pretty busy over the summer as we all have been, but excited to be back. And also we got a two in one for you. We have a little intro here in the beginning. And then Alex and I sat down and uh, interviewed, even though they're in the UK. So I guess it sounds like we sat down like with them. We sat down and over the the Zencaster, <laughs> record, uh, you know, had an interview with the Chelsea YouTuber Crego, making his second time, second appearance on the podcast. Had him on last April in 2021. And that was great. And it was great once again talking with him. So look forward to that in a couple minutes. But um, first of all, guys, how you doing? I'm doing well. I mean, I'm getting my prerequisite of a few minutes to just talk about everything, you know? And so you guys uh, all have the ability to ensure that. And uh, don't complain, uh, Josh and Alex, when I go on for too long, because I will, inevitably. But I mean, I'll just talk about myself first. I'm doing well. Good. Glad to have you back, Josh. You've been missed. You know, Alex hosting, you know, questionable sometimes. I'm also doing well in case anyone's interested. No one cared, but it was on me. Sorry. Just saying. You know? Anyway, yeah. Uh, I'll just talk about some things. I mean, firstly, I mean, it was literally as of us recording, like, a few minutes ago, Fabrizio, you know, me and Alex's best friend, officially sent out the Here We Go for Kunde, uh, but obviously not the one we were uh, looking forward to, because uh, he's not going to Barcelona. I have no idea what randomly changed, where he just was like, okay, I'm going to go to Barcelona now, I... It's like a Rafinha situation part two, except Kunde at least somewhat tried to negotiate with us. But I mean, really, it's just not a good situation. Uh, I think, to be fair, make basically relegating him to be like a, our fourth, fifth target probably wasn't a good idea from the beginning. He probably didn't feel like he was as wanted as he would be at Barcelona, which is fair. But obviously, he's a very talented player. Uh, we and we we all talked about it on the podcast, I mean, multiple times last year and this year about how how much we would want him and how well he would fit into the system. And it's unfortunate to see him go. But you know, we signed Koulibaly, so at least we have him there. There's other center back targets out there. Uh, we can get someone else. I don't know if they'll be as good as Kunde for that price, but there's certainly other options. And then I I was going to talk about preseason, but it's preseason. So who it's not really that important. Uh, I mean, it's just when you're when you're getting destroyed, just completely destroyed, outplayed, outclassed, out, outworked, out everything by Arsenal, even if it's a preseason friendly, you know, you just don't like to see that because that that spells bad things to come for the season. But it is preseason, you know, we're getting our fitness still. I think that was a big reason of why we got so, so, so destroyed. But then also, even even if we weren't at full fitness, I mean, losing on pens to I've, what, the, the Charlotte team, I mean, that's also just, it's just very, 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 very bad. We just, we have time still. We have, what, I think it's one week ends or two weekends not this coming weekend but the next yeah, weekend a couple weeks i think it's the first match against i want to say everton mm, i think it's everton yeah. uh i think it's august 10th so we're recording this on july 27th nope august 6th i completely lied so we got we got about a week uh a yeah, little a, a little over a week until chelsea football premier league season 2022 2023 comes back or come or starts 
yeah. and I mean, hopefully we'll be ready in time for that. But I yeah. mean, it's just I was, like there's no need to worry about the things in preseason. Some of the stuff was concerning. I mean, having to rely on like Batsuai up top during preseason is not good, and Tuchel praising him even though he played not good. Just, you don't like to see that. You don't like to see Ross Barkley in the middle, you know? You don't like to see these Deadwoods actually getting time because we know what they can bring. And, I mean, I mean, I would just say my last thing. Uh, I'm extremely disappointed that, like, Barkley or Betsuai or, like, Alon Slow, you know, I mean, actually, Alonso, I'm fine with. But, like, the Deadwoods, the, the old players, the players that we know just aren't Chelsea caliber are getting time in the squad when Tuchel's sending Billy Gilmore back to England out of the U.S. tour to go to the development team when we already know that he, he when every made his debut in competitions last season, well, not last season, but two seasons ago now with Lampard, he was man of the match. He was constantly, like, he was just playing brilliantly. And just a bad loan spell at Norwich, who was, like, a club he couldn't save. I mean, he didn't play well, but he certainly shouldn't affect the, this, his... his like what people's thoughts are on him this much to not even include him in the preseason tour when there's very, very, very other questionable players that are still in the squad. But it, it, it was preseason, you know, I, was, I don't really care that much because it's Tuchel. I trust Tuchel. I've said it many times, backing him. It's questionable, but if you're backing him, you can't just question this individual decision. So it is what it is. And yeah, so like I said, uh, just over a week until Chelsea football Comes back and we'll have you set for our, at least we'll do match recaps. I don't know so much about previews because I think the first couple of matches are spaced out by weekends, but we're excited to get back into it, give you those match recaps. But we're going to send it to the interview. But before we do that, uh, this will probably be the last time um, we do this, uh, for now at least. Hopefully this gets extended, but our July campaign with Manscaped support for this podcast, Talking Blues, is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package, the ultimate men's, high, uh, men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who can trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. That's 20% off and free for worldwide shipping with the code BLUES at Manscaped.com. So... Uh, their performance package 4.0 has arrived in oh man it's a game changer inside this package you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer weed whacker ear uh, and nose hair trimmer crop preserver ball deodorant crop reviver toner performer boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold all your goodies first off that lawnmower 4.0 this trimmer is the future and the greatest ball trimmer ever uh, their trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology the Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof, has that 4,400 whatever K, 4,000 K LED spotlight. You need uh, a more precise shave if you need that. It helps you out there. Because the trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor and you thought that was good, but want to take your grooming game to the next level. Well, that uh, Performance Package 4.0 has a weed whacker nose, ear, and hair trimmer. It is also waterproof, provides uh, proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me, folks, when I tell you, your balls will thank you. Alex's favorite part of that ad read. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com, get 20% off, free shipping with the code BLUES, get 20% off, and free shipping with the code BLUES at manscaped.com, that's 20% off. 
and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code blues. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. With that being said, appreciate it. You listening up to this point, continue because we got an interview coming right up with Craigo. Enjoy. We are back now with a very special returning guest now, two-time guest here on the Talking Blues podcast, Craigo. Subscribe to him on YouTube at Craigo28. Follow him on Twitter, the Craigo28. How's it going today, man? Oh, good. We, we've had one of those really boring, you know, kind of like admin days where we've been sorting everything out. So we're moving stuff around. We've been sorting <laughs> out all sorts of stuff. But we're all good. We're there. Wonderful. Well, that's I good. Mean, it's that's it's good. always good to, you know, re restructure uh, the room a little bit, get get everything going, get it, it ready. It is indeed. Yeah. Organizing <laughs> so, certainly. So you realize it was better how it was before, and then you've got to change it all back again, which could happen, <laughs> but we'll deal with that in a couple of months' time, I'm sure. Oh, that's never good. That's never good. That That's the worst feeling. And then you're like, mm-hmm. oh, no, it, this, this looks like shit. Before, it looked great and, you know, not great. But for you, I think just seeing yours, it looks pretty good. So I don't know if this is pre-change or after change, but this this is after change. This is uh, after change. Okay, we will get we will get there eventually. There's not a lot I can change, unfortunately, but we will get. (laughs) All right. So I guess before we talk about some of the stuff that's going on now uh, in the transfer market, let's talk about what Chelsea have already done in the transfer (laughs) market. Obviously, we brought in Raheem Sterling from uh, from Man City. We brought in Kudabali. What are your thoughts on those two moves? Which one, like, which one do you think is going to have the bigger impact? Personally, I think Kudabali, uh, Kulabali. I don't know why I always say Kudabali. I always see the meme where it's like Kula Daddy, and I always feel like I'm about to say that any second. I must so have I'm, missed that one. I haven't seen. Don't that worry. One. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, but I mean, what do you think he's going to br- like, do you see him more as in the back four or in a back three on the left-hand side, on the right-hand side? Cause obviously, uh, we are kind of weak at that area right now. Yeah. So, um, I, I think, you know, to, to answer the first question, which one of the two I think is going to have a greater impact. I think it will be Sterling. Um, I think the, the, the player I'm happier with signing is definitely Kulabali. 100% is Kulabali because, you know, there's not many top-class centre-halves in the world that are available to go and buy, you know. You you think about, like, Marquinhos or someone like that, you know, PSG are never going to get rid of him, so it's it's completely irrelevant. Um, but you look at Koulibaly, Thiago Silva was another one. We've picked up two across the last few years, and it's fantastic. If we could have kept one of Rudiger, preferably Rudiger, or Christensen, we would be there. We would be absolutely sorted, but... I think even with how good Kulabali could be, I just think that he has got a really big task to try and sort out that back three. And I do think that Chelsea are going to play the back three because of how poor we were in the last game um, in the back four. And I think that, you know, I think, well, when Thomas Tuchel came into Chelsea, the whole point of him playing the back three was to paper over the cracks. It was to kind of just play to your strengths essentially and, so it was almost a safe option, I suppose you could say. It was a safe option, but it worked. You know, we kept clean sheets, didn't concede many goals when we did concede, um, other than West Brom, which was the last time I was on here um, before the West Brom game, which was very irritating. Um, but, you know, we didn't, 
we we try to do the simple things correctly, which is not concede goals. How do we do that? Make sure your defence is sorted, which obviously happened to be play the back three. Because again, as many people defending as possible, the more likely you are to keep a clean sheet. You can't put all 11 men behind the ball, but the back three makes a lot of sense. Koulibaly coming in will solve 33% of that problem, you know, but there's still the other 66%. Now, Thiago Silva, you would like to say would still would solve his 33%, but actually he's 36, 37 years of age now. He's actually not going to cover every game because he's too old. He can't play it. So then you're thinking about Chelsea as a kind of back three or as a defensive unit right now. We're about 50% there. And and that's not easy. If we get a top quality centre half on the other side, obviously we thought it was going to be Kunde. Um, it, it's not going to be, and I'm actually very happy it's not Kunde. Um, but if you get that one big name, whoever it is, take your pick. We, I I really wanted it to be Kempembe, and it doesn't seem likely that's going to be the case now. Um, but if you get that one big name, who will preferably probably play on the left hand side, then you're almost there. And I think the, the only thing with Koulibaly is I just don't necessarily think that that big name is going to come in. I, I just don't think that he's going to get that support that he really needs. Um, because although he is one of the best in the world, there's only so much he can do. You know, Thiago Silva is five foot eleven. Uh, Koulibaly is six foot one. I mean, Rudiger was six foot three. Christensen was six foot two. Think about how much height we've lost, and uh, you know the aerial ability we've got to defend with, and all that sort of stuff. You need a big, big presence in there. And I think that Koulibaly will be expected to just cover everything. But actually, it's not that straightforward. So I think that he will be... He, for me, is is the better signing and the one that I like the most. But in terms of which one will have more of an impact, I think it will be Sterling just because he hasn't got as much of a task on his hands as Koulibaly does. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up Jules Kunde because that's what I wanted to bring up next in your most recent video. Um about a day ago, you had like a basically like a 16 minute, I guess, rant sort of just saying, yeah, why <laughs> Chelsea fans? Why are you so attached to this? I, I mean, I understand why they're attached to this player, right? Because this is like the third transfer window now that mm-hmm. it was rumored he's going to come to Chelsea and he ends up as what we're seeing right now as of when we're recording this uh, Fabrizio Romano about an hour ago said he's almost there on his way to Barcelona. How, just, where they're getting the money from, where they're getting, I don't understand. Don't get me started about that football club. Jesus Christ, do not get me started about them because they are so ruining football as it is. They're ruining football, but. Oh my God. Again, we're a Chelsea podcast, so we'll carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean. Matter in this world. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you, I mean, I, I, you kind of mentioned a little bit there, but just um, kind of like what you said in the video, just your thoughts overall on Jules Kunde and why it's okay that Chelsea are not, uh, you know, rumored to get him anymore. I like Jules Kunde. I think he's a good ball playing centre half, and I think that he would be a great replacement for Thiago Silva. But that's when Thiago Silva leaves in a year's time. You know, that's not right now. And as much as I realise you've got to get him now to develop him and then have him next year ready to go, it's not that straightforward. You know, and I think the, the problem with Jules Kunde is if Jules Kunde really wanted to come to Chelsea. He'd have done it last year. Chelsea had the money last year because we spent 100 million pound on Lukaku. And we won the Champions League. We had money to play with. If we really wanted it done, we could have got it done. But the reason why Jules Kunde agreed to all the personal terms and, and, and all that stuff with Chelsea is because it was a massive amount of money. You know, if, if us three, if we had a massive offer from China, you know, a million pound a week or a million dollars a week, you'd agree the personal terms, wouldn't you? 
you'd agree. Yeah, all right. Yeah, go on. I'll go and do that. Yeah, I'll earn a million pound. Doesn't mean you're going to sign for them because personal terms don't mean anything. You know, it's a, oh, yeah, I have an interest in coming and playing for this club. Um, but in Jules Kunde's eyes, it was about the money. And, and that's and that's fine, you know, because I get that it's a business and it's football and whatever. But it doesn't mean that we have to be the people that go above and beyond. And, and I think the, the biggest thing for me is as much as she did some really good things, Marina, she also did some very, very stupid things. She gave people way too much money. And I just think that Jules Kunde would have been another one of those way too much money and the product isn't necessarily there. You know, he's going to be good. Is he going to elevate Chelsea to the next level for £250,000 a week? Probably not. You know, it's it's very tough. It's very difficult. And you look at someone like Werner now, who I personally quite like Werner. I like how much he tries. I like the work rate. But you've got to deal with the facts. He isn't producing. He isn't scoring goals. He isn't doing what he was brought in to do. So you have to move on from him. The same thing as Hakim Ziyech. She was meant to be this wizard. But if he ain't doing what he's meant to be doing, get rid of him. The same way with Hudson Adoy, Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, anyone you want to go for. If you want to go right the way from the academy, right the way up to the most expensive player we've ever brought in, Lukaku. If they're not doing their job, move on. You know, it was a bad buy, bad bit of business, bad person to bring through the academy or whatever. You can go on and on and on about it. But it comes down to the simple footballing matters of does Jules Kunde make Chelsea better? Yeah, he probably does. But do, do, do Chelsea get the value for money out of him? Probably not. So let's go and look at potentially moving elsewhere. We, we've, we've all just said, you know, we could ideally do with a, probably another two centre-backs. Probably could do and Definitely one. We could probably do with two. Rather than give £250,000 a week or even £300,000 a week to Jules Kunde, why don't you go and buy someone who then you give £200,000 a week to and then even potentially go and buy another person who you give £100,000 a week to? You know, you look at someone like Malang Saar, he's on £100,000 a week. Now, the idea behind Saar, it hasn't worked out, unfortunately, bless him. But the idea was we pick him up cheap, we develop him a bit, and then he's one of the main pieces going forward. It hasn't worked out for him, but go and try and find someone else. Go and try and find that next big star, you know. Um, If we'd have sold Rudiger this year, obviously we couldn't because he left as a free agent. But had we have sold Rudiger, we brought him for £30 I think it was, and we would have let him go for probably, I reckon, somewhere, obviously depending on his contract, I reckon we probably would have let him go for somewhere around 80 or 90 million pounds, euros, whatever. You know, 60 million made, just like that, instantly. And that 60 million can go and be spent on a big name player or a big signing or something to make the squad better. And the thing with Jules Kunde, the high valuation that he had, the massive wages he has, that's the expectation there. That's it, you know. The, the likelihood of him going above that for the sell-on value is quite unlikely. You know, a lot of players' sell-on value went up massively when Neymar got sold. Neymar isn't going to get sold again. There's not going to be another deal like that that really inflates the market for quite a while. So forget about it because you're not going to get that same sort of money in. So the business side of things, is, which is really why Jules Kunde was wanted by Marina and by the board, who obviously are no longer at the club, obviously. It's irrelevant now. It comes purely down to Thomas Tuchel. Does Thomas Tuchel think for £250,000 a week and £55 million or whatever it was for Jules Kunde, is it worth it? No. If you believe in Thomas Tuchel and back the manager, which I do, move on. Go and find someone else. There's loads of players out there. Sevilla are going to, they, they were going to find, uh, name escapes me, but the, the Monaco centre-back. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were going to bring, I, I can't remember his name, but they, that was their replacement for Jules Kunde. 
well, why don't you just go and sign him then? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just go and put in the move for him? Why don't you go and turn around and go, well, if we obviously do your, you know, do your research and make sure you watch him and scout him properly and all that sort of stuff. But if that's the kind of player you want, a left-footed centre-back, why don't you just go after the one who's the next man up? You know, it, it just makes the most sense because you look at someone like um, Timo Werner, another classic example, Leipzig really kind of conned us out of the money for him, to be fair. They've gone and find they've gone and found another player to fill that same position. Is he as good as Timo Werner? I don't know. I'm not too sure. I don't really keep up with German football, but they will think he is. They will think that they're well happy getting the money out of him, and someone like Chelsea will probably again pay stupid money for him. But you look at Hakim Ziyech, great player for Ajax, fantastic player for Ajax. They move him on for thirty million pound, and now they've got Anthony, and they've got uh, the other guy who's oh, what's his name. Other winger on the other side. I don't, oh, I, I know I what you're talking about. Yeah. Either way, they've, they've got two. They've, they've yeah. got two quality, quality wingers, you know, and it was all because Hakim Ziyech left that they went, okay, great, we're going to use this money of £30 million and we're going to go and find someone for cheaper and make them better. Why don't Chelsea make players better anymore? Why does everyone we sign need to be the final finishing piece, final finished, polished product? Just do the development, do the graph, do the work. Every player that Pep signs, even for the massive amount of money that, that there is, you know, they signed Grealish for a hundred million pound, and everyone went, "Oh yeah, he's a little bit of a work in progress, though." For a hundred million pound, he's a work in progress. That's the that's the difference between Chelsea and Manchester City right now. If they're signing players that they know are going to be the absolute future of this club, and they believe in Pep Guardiola to get this sort of deal done, if Chelsea could do that with Thomas Tuchel, we'd be a fantastic side. But they need to get into the habit of it. And I hope that Sterling is the first kind of one that really does it. Yeah, I mean, you look at who Tuchel's been... I mean, Rudiger was never the same player he was before Thomas Tuchel, right? So we've seen he's able to develop. Christensen became a ton more consistent under mm. Tuchel. Um, you know, Reese James improved, right? Like, mm. so many players have improved under Tuchel. You can even argue Mason Mount improved. Yeah. So it's like you got to trust the manager to be able to develop these players. I completely agree with you. And I think Sterling's kind of an interesting point, right? Because a lot of, uh, a lot of people see him as like, you know, not really a finished product in the final third, but Tuchel obviously wanted him desperately. It seemed right. So obviously there's a reason he wanted him. He sees something there that he can work with. Uh, And I think we need to kind of follow Tuchel's instincts there and, and find more players that he feels similarly about. I, I want to talk about, you know, the replacements here at center. You were talking about we need to bring in at least one, maybe two more center backs. Yeah. So names that have been mentioned, Skriniar, Kimpembe. Love that. Uh, Skriniar for me would be prime number one. Yeah. But one that just came out today and one I've been calling for for a little while, Wesley Fofana from Leicester. Yeah. What do you think about him? I, I Just from that, yeah, I can kind of tell you're not the biggest fan of the move. but I love him. Great yeah. centre-half, talent, energy, pace. Mm-hmm. Really like him. And he's the right age as well. But he's not long signed a massive new contract with Leicester. It will be a difficult deal to get done. They'll want £70, £80 million for this deal. And he's not worth that. If Chelsea could have got him last year when they wanted 50 60 something like that, maybe they chance it at 70 Yeah, fine. But not at £80 million or whatever. Leicester will probably demand for him. Um, the only thing I saw, which is a little bit of a touch, is apparently Schmeichel is tempted to leave Leicester. If Schmeichel is tempted to leave Leicester, they apparently are interested in signing Kepper. 
Now, if that is the case, you could potentially take a big chunk of Fafana's Fafana's, um, deal by doing some sort of a swap involving Kepa and obviously some money because, I mean, Kepa's not that good, is he? But you know what I mean? That's a possibility. If that comes up and that happens, which modern-day football is unlikely, but if it does happen, I would be very much interested. So it's nothing against Wesley Fafana at all. If, If he came in, Right now, I'd be over the moon, but it's just got to be for the right price. It's the same with every player. You're Alex, you're mentioning defensive players. I mean, I know mainly center backs, and then we were talking about the Monaco defender. Is that what? What's his name? Uh, Benoit Bada Bada Shield? Sounds about right. Yeah, I think that's him. But anyway, there there was a report, at least from Absolute Chelsea, this morning, mm-hmm. saying that Chelsea are interested in him after losing Koundé to what it seems like to Barcelona. So I guess add that to the list too. But hmm. it's all rumours. I think <laughs> yeah. he's, I, I'm pretty sure he's about six foot four. Uh, which is, he's six foot four and he's left footed. That is literally hmm. the two things that we need right now. And I don't know how much his price is. I've got no idea, but yeah. that's smart. Obviously, again, do your research, do all your stuff, but that's mm-hmm. that's a bit of smart business. It's not just going after a name. Yeah. Another person I've been thinking about for that left center back role, Lucas Hernandez from Bayern. Like he, he you don't not a fan or no, no, yeah, fan I, of him. I, I, I'm interested. Go on. I'm interested because number one, I think he gives you he's obviously left footed. He's played in a left side of a back three at times for Bayern. He also has the ability, I don't say like he could or could do this often, could back up a little bit at left wing back if needed. Mm. We've seen him go further forward at times. I think he would be like a Thomas Tuchel type player. I don't know what you'd have to pay for him. I'd assume probably 50, 60, 70 million. But like, what would you think of a player like him? I, I like that. I, I think it's going to be quite tough to to prize him away from Bayern, who yeah, um, obviously are kind of having a little bit of like a facelift at the moment. Obviously, with um, uh, Lewandowski going, Mane coming in, and Delic coming in as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of kind of transition period as Chelsea are in at the moment. But in terms of a project, Bayern right now is the better option. So, yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> so, so I think that the, the logical thing to do for him would be to st- stay put. So I think that although I would love him coming in, I just think it's going to be too complicated yeah. to to try and draw him away from Bayern because I mean you'd have to pay a lot of money for him. You'd have to give him a lot to. I would agree, but exactly, you know. yeah. And, and and again, it's just pay, it's paying over the top all the mm-hmm. time, and and you can't afford to do that. So I mean, you look at that back three. I think Umpa Makano was about fifty million pound. Oh, sorry, 50 million euros. Delict was 80 million euros. I'm pretty sure Hernandez was even 70 or 80 million euros himself. So, um, you know, it's 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 well over 200 million euros. Clearly, Bayern want to build from the back, and that's the way that they're doing it. So I, I just can't see that one happening. Although him as a player, I love the idea. I think it would work. I wouldn't necessarily be worried about him as the left wing back because I think we've got about 500 of those, it seems, at the moment. Oh, but, my God. Um, <laughs> but, but 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 yeah, I I do like that idea. I think it would make uh, a lot of sense if you get a player like him. That's what Chelsea really would need. I mean, you mentioned Bayern, and it's like we have a we have a friend who's a Bayern fan. It's so annoying. I mean, he's come to me at least three times. We've had the best transfer like window we've ever had in the entire. I was like, any club, we're number one club in the world, and he's like said it over and over again. Like even when they didn't, I I can't. 
so annoying. He's Fine. extremely annoying. He's very annoying. <laughs> it's, it's also very odd as well. I mean, obviously, I, I'm a Dolphins fan and, and whatever, so I know how it is to support teams from other sides of the world. But very odd club to pick in America would be Bayern Munich. He's a uh, sort of connection. But... He's uh, he's Austrian, so he's his family. Oh, he has family there. An Austrian club then. Because it's not like, interesting. Like what, Austrian yeah. people do. Normal Austrian yeah. people. I know Munich is very close, but yeah. come on. You could be a Salzburg fan. There you exactly, go. yeah. It'd be a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, not win anything, but you'd be I, I don't think you could watch it easily from there, though, from here. I don't think uh, you, you could. Get uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've been in pubs in America or bars in America where you have every single game of football on in That's the true. world. So That's you, true. I'm pretty sure he'd be fine. That's true. <laughs> England were playing Hungary. When I was in Miami, England were playing Hungary in a qualifier and they found it. Wow. That's fair. <laughs> so, you know, just saying. I was the only English person in there. It was on about eight different TVs, but <laughs> they, they, the, the, the locals were not happy. But either way, I was watching England, loving life. Yeah, don't care about the locals. Just do whatever you want. Yeah, that, oh, no, that's that's the American way, right? You do well, whatever the hell you I want really and ignore did. everyone. Yeah. I, I was I was sitting in a bar that had about nine hundred different beers on tap, eating chicken tenders and fries, and I was loving life. <laughs> <laughs> and it was air conditioned in ninety de- uh, ninety degree heat. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. Yeah, it was good. It was great. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Um, Timo Werner. Again, I, I have to bring it up um, because if, if I wasn't going to, Alex will. I've been a big, huge doubter of Timo Werner ever since he's been signed to Chelsea. Even, I mean, I can go I can go out there and say, yes, I, I probably didn't give him a chance from the beginning. You know, he was making his first four or five appearances. Alex can definitely attest to this. I was already critiquing him. And uh, him, him and uh, our other co-host, Peter, were like, give him a chance, give him a chance, give him some time to develop. He's new. This is a new country, new language. And I'm like, I get it. And then he had the COVID scare and that took him a while to recover from from COVID-19. So I was like, OK, he, you know, he's gotten all the chances now. And then the following season, this past season, you know, COVID-19, you can't use that as an excuse anymore. New mm. place to live. Can't use that as an excuse anymore. So here's Alex and Peter still telling me to give him a chance. And I'm like, he's over a year in. There's no he's such more. a nice guy. Such there's, a nice guy. <laughs> there's no he's more excuses. Guy. If he's not performing on the pitch, I'm sorry. And like, I, there, there's nothing you can say anymore, especially with how much Chelsea's paying him. That's like the biggest deal. So, I'm no longer defending him. I will I, say that. I'm no I, longer a defender. But and, and this is the whole thing now. I've actually, Alex, oh did Peter tell you this? That I am now for my birthday. He wants to get me a Timo Werner Chelsea kit because mm-hmm. it's the whole meme. So now, your, like, uh, I'm not going to wear that. When am I going to wear that? Like, interesting. how am I going to go out in the world, whether or not, like, people here in New Jersey, like, they know Timo Werner is, it's like, one in every 25 people know Timo Werner is, but still, mm. I, I... Try as, one in 50. <laughs> <laughs> as me, myself, I, I know who Timo Werner is. I, I can't wear that outside of my own home. Like, no, I can't wrap You that. don't even want to wear it in your own home. So you can wear <laughs> it in your own home is what you're saying. I mean, That's I... That's not like I, a good idea. I think I'd, I think I'd support this, uh, I think I'd support yeah. this idea. Yeah, I think it's a fun present. I agree. Oh my god! But yeah, I mean, maybe a Lukaku one too. Yeah, do that. That yeah, was well. Mean. What he was gonna do is he was gonna do the meme because I know you and him always like to do the the Kaka meme because that's like all yeah. on TikTok and stuff. So he was gonna do one of the custom ones and write Lukaka on the back. And I was oh like, it's like, please no. <laughs> please you want to no. get you want to get a full kit and then wear a pair of Timberlands on the bottom as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that would be the meme. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a ball cap. Oh. 
<laughs> oh my god but um yeah i mean halloween sorted <laughs> there you go count counting down the days until halloween so i could show off my ramalu akaka you know full on just oh. i just have this image now of you knocking on someone's door and they're going what are you dressed as i'm going i'm dressed as a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> just like go on they they hand you a piece of candy and you're like no i'm worth a hundred million pounds i'm not worth one piece of candy oh no they'd hand you a piece of candy and you'd miss it they hand you the candy and like i'm sorry is this from milana i missed the do you have any specific ones from there please do you you have some milan Milan chocolate (laughs) oh my lord we're having too much fun on this episode wow (laughs) um but yeah anyway Werner I mean Alex I don't know if you wanted to chime in you but you did just say while I was going there you don't you don't give him any excuses anymore it's over I'm done he needs to go he needs to go Ziek needs to go Alonso needs to go god help us (laughs) uh Broja probably needs to go now because he doesn't want to be here and we don't want players that don't want to be here it's very upsetting but he doesn't want to be here what do you think about that situation Broja needs to be playing he, but he doesn't want to be here. He wants an opportunity. That, that, he wants a fair shot, and he knows he's going to get it at West Ham. That's the thing. That, that was yeah. why the, the rumour came up. And West Ham are obviously going to give it to him because they're in Europa Conference League next year. They've got Mikel Antonio, um, who's always got his injury problems. So there's the opportunity for him to come in there and play regular football. But he needs to be playing with opportunities and players around him that can actually help him and support him. Because no disrespect to Southampton, Best player in that team by quite a while, uh, by quite a way, is probably James Ward-Prowse. Fantastic player. But after that, there's no standout star, which is really where Brozier started to kind of pop up for probably a good kind of like two or three months of the season where he was scoring goals regularly. I think most people had him in fantasy teams and all that sort of stuff. You know, he popped up and he made Southampton relatively interesting for, you know, two months or whatever it was. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I think a, a club like Southampton, if we were to loan him back there, it wouldn't make any sense. You know, it, it would be irrelevant because he's not going to develop. But West Ham, if we were to loan him there, he would develop because he's around better players. West Ham don't want a loan. So keep him and give him the opportunity because, I mean, I don't know about you two, but Kai Havertz playing up front is one of the most dreadful things to watch ever. You know, he I, I don't understand. Honestly, when we brought him, everyone was saying he can play a midfield, attack a midfield, or if you need him to on the right-hand side. No one ever mentioned him playing up front. So why is he playing up front? You know, he wants to play this false nine, but he can't do it. You know, he, I think he, he has the profile too. He has the profile too. If you look at all his abilities... I don't know why I said abilities like that. Josh is laughing at me now. Abilities. He has all the skills. He has the skill set needed to play that position, but it just doesn't work. <laughs> it just enough? doesn't. Yeah. He's strong. Is he strong enough? No, bra- probably not. brave enough? Well, here's the thing. Lukaku was strong enough. He didn't work out either. So I guess, you know, there's all sorts of different types of players that work out and don't work out at number. You know, you see well, players... You, you've seen players like Gabriel Jesus work out or Guerra work out. They're not the strongest, right? But, you know, they, they still work out. They move they well. Move. Kai Havertz doesn't the move. It, it, the way true. that Chelsea plays right. screams for a big center forward. Not a, yeah. I'm not talking about a Peter Crouch, like six foot, you know, six foot six or whatever, but a, a someone, a, a, a Drogba-esque character. 
you know, a drug press character. Yeah. Drogba would always chase. Even when he was older, he would always chase. He'd always do what he could. He'd always press. Diego but Costa. No, yeah, Diego yeah. Costa. Is a, that's probably a better example. Yeah. Costa would always press. He'd always put his heart and soul into it. He'd always get, you know, he'd always produce quality products as well. He'd always score goals. Um, and I think, you know, I think if you had that Costa-esque player in this team, we wouldn't be talking about Chelsea in the way that we do. I genuinely think, and, and I genuinely believe that Tuchel thought Chelsea were one player away from being one of the best teams in the world after we won the Champions League. But it came out, I think it was two days ago yesterday, two days ago, that Tuchel wanted Harry Kane before Lukaku came in. You know, well, Tuchel, Harry Kane would be perfect. Yeah. Of course he would. Of course he would. And obviously it wasn't going to happen because of Roman Abramovich and Levy yeah. and, uh, and whatever. But, you know, if if Lukaku was never the main answer... In Thomas Tuchel's eyes, he should never have been brought. He should never have been brought. Now, in terms of the board, they're thinking about Brozier. Well, we've had our money's worth out of him. We've loaned him out. Can we sell him on now? Is it maybe the right time to do it? Brozier will be one of those players that come back to bite you. He will be one of those players that comes back to bite you big time. Tomori, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well I, was thinking, I was thinking more Salah and, and De Bruyne. Oh, Sa- oh, that big? Okay. Yeah, that, it, it, it could really be. Maybe not Salah level, but. You know, the fact that you had him literally there in your in the palm of your hands at a very decent age and, you know, and, and you got rid. But Brozier's the kind of player that will bang, you know, every single time he plays against you. You know, that's yeah. the kind of player that he could be in the right system. And I think Chelsea yeah. do have the right system potentially for Brozier. Um, I will say one thing. I think he can be a little bit lazy. And that's the only thing that maybe Thomas Tuchel has seen that he's mm. not that happy about in terms of, um, in, in terms of him coming in, but I I think he needs to be kept around because I don't think we have anything like that. I don't think we've got anything even close to, you know, Armando Brozier who can really do that job. And I personally, one of the main bits of business I would do in this window is go and sign another centre forward. It doesn't need to go and be the, the, the world beat at the biggest name, but just have someone who can play that system and play that way yeah. if you need, you know, if, if required. Because if we're going into the season with just Kai Havertz up front and potentially Timo Werner, we haven't got hope in hell. We have not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you there. I saw Diego Costa was a free agent and that they, he was close to oh, signing sign someone. I was, Love him. I sign was him. like, bring, sign him back. Probably. Sign him back. I'd buy a shirt. That's 20 quid. Done. Yeah. Besides Eden Hazard, I'd say Diego Costa is my second favorite. Mm. Well, of all time? Not all time. Well, and also, look, I'm young, right? How old oh, are you? Reasonably. 17. Christ. So, <laughs> my lifetime's not super long. Uh, hey, in so terms do, you, of, do you remember, like, Prime Lampard? Not Prime. I, I remember end of era Lampard. End do, you, of, do you remember 2010, uh, 20, 2010 Lampard? I remember... 2011, 2012 Lampard, but I was little. We would be five in 2010. Oh, mate. Lampard was the... Oh, he was the dogs. He was so Mm. good. He was so good. Middle of the park. You knew every Uh. single game you were pretty much going to get a goal (laughs) or assist out of him. That's how it felt anyway. You felt like you were going to game on the up. He was different. And that's what Chelsea are missing at the moment. No player like that. You look at it and go, you know, we're about one nil up before we've even started here. You know, or we're all... You know, you're already scoring, not scoring against us because we've got a back five of you know 
Ivanovic, Ashley Cole, Ricardo Carvalho, John Terry, and Petr Cech. You know, you're, you're yeah. going to struggle to score against that. Well, now you look at it and think, well, Chilwell likes to push forward and might not get back, so we probably score that way. Or Mendy likes to <laughs> save things in the air, but doesn't necessarily get down low as much. But that twenty that 2010 team where we won the double was the most balanced team, and we really should have done a lot more with it. I couldn't mm. believe when Ancelotti got sacked. That that was <laughs> genuine, like the second heartbreak I ever had in my life behind Mourinho. Oh, no. Was, oh, that was different. I love it. Uh, I, I actually saw a report, Alex, I think it was today or yesterday, that um, Costa's set to have a meeting with Manchester United. No. Fake. Oh, no. Sorry if I swore. Oh. Not a chance. I'm having that. Oh, my. Chelsea fans need to come out in force against that because Diego Costa is an absolute club icon. <laughs> How old is he now? Is he must be 33. Not that old. I mean, as a backup, how bad could he be? How bad could he be? To be no. fair, as an, I, I don't know what his wages would be, but as an option, there's a lot worse than you could get. I mean, you look at Cavani when he went to United. You know, he was yeah. 34, I think he was. He did he a good bit for them. Maybe 33. And he banked goals. He got big goals for them. Yeah. Not saying he's do it week in, week out, but... That's true. I, I'll give you my early prediction here. Next summer window, we'll be sitting here a year from now. We'll be buying back Tammy Abraham. I don't know if I'd do it. I you don't, don't think if so? If he banks 30 goals this season in Syria? Mate, I think I'd bang 10. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think I'd probably bang 10. Well, I mean, Lukaku banged 32, so I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, right. I'm pretty sure uh, uh, Empoli's still in the league. I'd probably saw about six against them, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> I don't know. That's my prediction. I don't know why. Just I, have I, do, a feeling. I do agree with you. I do think that this Tammy Abraham saga with Chelsea is far from over. But um, yeah, yeah, he'll, think, he'll be back. I think. Yeah, I, th- I think this one could get interesting with him. Yeah. Um, All right, and then one final thing, oh, Josh. Before you go, sorry. No, one no, final no. thing. Got to cut you off. Uh, Dumfries from Inter Milan's been talked about a lot for Chelsea and it's kind of been said that okay he would be right wing back and then you'd have to move Reese James to right center back I think Reese James is good there but he's not as good as he is at right wing back like what are your thoughts on that so let's let's throw it back a little bit and I, I don't well I will keep this kind of short but let's throw it back to yeah. 2016-17 with Conte let's throw yeah. it back and how many goals did we score that year and the year after to be fair with Azpilicueta getting forward from the right centre-back position and whipping That's balls into the box. How That's many true. times did we do it? Now, I'm not saying that Reese James dropping back is is the absolute answer, but if Thomas Tuchel believes it's the answer, I'll support it, and I can definitely understand where he's he, where he would be coming from. Yeah. I don't know how much Dumfries is being kind of linked with uh, or linked for. Um, I think it will probably be a fair old chunk of money. It's a but... 40-ish mil. Million. Yeah, I, yeah. I think he's good, but I still think you then need cover at right uh, at right wing back again. I still think you need to go and sign another right wing back option because Reese James could very easily become your first choice centre back and completely immovable. Yeah, that's true. It's possible. I mean, you or another centre back, obviously, and then you have the flexibility uh, of moving yeah. Reese James right. But you probably want to have. I don't know. It's it's tough here. You're trying to fit all these pieces in a puzzle. You know, it's tough for Tuchel here. If he can just get in the right players, we don't have to make this whole puzzle work, you know? It can just be a a solid unit. With modern-day football, you struggle to get players who really want to sit on the bench. You know, no one wants to be that guy who I'm going to come on, and when my time comes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to to be that guy. You, You struggle to find those players. It used to be like, 
again, a name you won't remember, but Solomon Kalou. Used to love that guy. Oh, used to come in <laughs> off the bench about 60 minutes into the game. He used to get half an hour and he probably might bang you a goal, you know, something like that. Or he might get you an assist or he would just run around a lot and he would make the difference where it matters. Chelsea need to find players like him. The problem is they don't exist that often anymore. Um, and if you're winning trophies, they're very easy to find. If you're not winning trophies, it's a little bit more difficult. So if Chelsea could get one of those kind of like, you know, Solomon Kalu-esque right backs in terms of that sort of kind of profile, you know, that would be exactly what Chelsea need. But I think everyone keeps kind of homing in on the idea that we have to spend serious money at every single position. And we don't actually need to. We just need to have strength and depth of real quality across the board. And I think that is, I think that's achievable without spending a lot of money. My, I mean, my final thing I have to say is hopefully we'll speak to you again during this season and uh, maybe do, at that point... Timo Werner will be on loan at Juventus and Chelsea will have signed a new centre forward. <laughs> to be fair, I think it was also talked about him going back to Leipzig, wasn't there as well? Or did that come yeah. out? Yep. I didn't really know what happened with that one. I kind of avoided They offered him, I believe, in a, like in a swap deal with Mukiele and it was going to be like Timo Werner straight up or like a Timo Werner for Mukiele plus cash or something I saw, but that was some rumor. Yeah. yeah, he's he's at PSG. He's a player who would have been perfect for Chelsea. And they got him for what, $16 million? Yeah. That's the thing. Smart business. That's what Chelsea really yeah. do need. If, if 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 Chelsea want to go and be this this really dominant team around the world, you need smart mm. business. And, and Liverpool have been very good at it, to be fair to them. Um, mm. You know, they've signed a couple of bigger names for some bigger money and, and all that sort of stuff. But picking up a player like Thiago for, uh, I think, about 35, 40 million pounds like they did, you know, yeah. he's potentially, if you want him to be, he's, he's an £80 million player. You know, that's yeah. the kind of sort of... On, on his day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the thing. That's the value that Chelsea need to go looking for rather than these £60 million players who you get £40 million worth of money or, or, or of product out of. But till Chelsea realise that's the case, we ain't going nowhere. No, that's the truth. I, I agree. Um Subscribe to Craigo on YouTube at Craigo28 and then follow on Twitter at the Craigo28. I'll put the the uh, the ads or whatever in the podcast description as well. So if you can't listen as fast as my lips go, then that's where they'll be. Um, and that's easier for you there. Craigo, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today before Pleasure. the season begins. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks. No worries. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.